Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. And an interesting guest that we're going to have this week, we're going to talk to a couple of people, but our main guest this week uh, comes off of a tweet that I sent out after last week's, and we're taping this before this week's uh, Wednesday Night Wars, so I have not seen uh, the Wednesday Night Wars shows yet, but um, last week I threw out a uh, a tweet, a random tweet, uh, just throwing it out there, AEW makes me wonder what WCW could have been if they mixed in young talent with established stars, and the thing blew up. Like I had a thousand likes. I don't even have, I don't know that I even have a thousand followers. I think I do. I think I just hit 3000 actually. So thank you for getting me to 3000. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at David Penzer, uh, all one word or at Penzer ringside. And uh, we have fun on Twitter, especially with this subject. Uh, Had a ton of responses, uh, had a ton of, uh, 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 I woke up in the morning and it was still blowing up and I was like, geez, I can't, I can't even imagine people like, uh, people like Chris Jericho who have 300,000 followers or people like, you know, who have 1 million followers. Uh, I can't even imagine how they follow any of that, how you could follow anything that's on your Twitter feed. Cause I had a hard time following what was not really that big a deal. Uh, but it was certainly the most uh, re- response I ever got. So I didn't have uh, an opinion on it, and I, I immediately uh, texted uh, my guest this week, Kevin Sullivan, and, and, and asked him if he watched AEW, and he does, and we'll talk to him about it. And uh, I had to put out this tweet, would you care to talk about it? And he did, and we are going to talk about it this week. And looking forward to talking to Kevin about that. It's not apples to apples, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, 25 years later, so a lot has changed. And interesting to hear Kevin's perspective. We're going to also talk to ODB, who is trying to get cooking again. Uh, and we're going to f- find out about the fire that burned down her food truck and how the wrestling world and the wrestling fans are bonding together to help her get back back uh her food truck back on the street so to speak and um it's always uh she's a great 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 person and uh always love to see uh wrestling talent that you know at the end towards the end of their career who reach out and use their brand to do something else that they could do uh for a living uh or even more than a living uh if it gets hot so it's a shame that she got a little setback a big setback actually but uh she's doing an indiegogo uh campaign and we're going to talk to her a little bit about that as well uh yesterday as we taped this eric bischoff was fired as whatever he was for smackdown uh still trying to find out the exact reasons and um wondering uh what's your thoughts on eric uh only lasting i guess four months i never thought i'd say this because eric has, has led a pretty charmed life and you know he's done a lot of things and uh lived a, lived a nice lifestyle but almost got to feel bad for him he packed up everything in Wyoming and and I know he's very happy in Wyoming and put a you know drove a moving truck to Connecticut 
moved to Connecticut, I'm assuming rented a place. I don't know if it was a month-to-month lease, got to hope, only to last four months. And, you know, if it wasn't going to work out, the question would be, you know, why not figure that out in the interview process uh, before you have uh, uh, somebody uproot their life uh, and come out there and only to find out that it's not going to work. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't think anybody's surprised. the Fox journey, uh, SmackDown on Fox is going to be interesting. There's a big, big network. Uh, it's, it's not USA. It's not uh, a, a cable network. And that doesn't make a difference. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. If my gut is correct on this Fox on uh, SmackDown on Fox uh, ongoing saga. And uh, we'll see where it shakes out. And we'll be following that along with the Wednesday Night Wars and everything else leading up to WrestleMania next week. Uh, we hope to have, uh, I always say that because you never know what schedules could get uh, crazy or things could happen in life. But we hope to have a second annual State of Impact uh, with Ed Nordholm. Uh, who is in charge of Impact, if you remember correctly. Last year he was on and actually got made a lot of uh, news by saying, admitting at the time that uh, how cl- just how close uh, Impact Wrestling was to going out of business. Uh, they are now going to be on Access TV uh, starting the end of October and on Tuesday nights and they do own the network. So that's kind of cool. Cause that's like my favorite network. I like half of the stuff on my DVR is concerts from, uh, from a- a- Axis. So, uh, interesting to find out about, uh, to talk to Ed about, uh, acquiring Axis, uh, any plans they have for it working with, uh, Steve Harvey, who's a minority partner in, in the deal. And, uh, from all accounts, if anybody who's ever gone to a live family feud, uh, uh, taping uh, one of the funniest guys uh, around and goes off, I guess, on these tangents that they edit out uh, of the show, but is uh, worth the uh, price of admission alone, which is free. People rave about it, uh, including the wrestlers who have done the shows. So uh, interesting to find out about him and uh, to get a state of impact wrestling as they move forward uh, in a situation where now, they're in the race to become a, a player again. You got Ring of Honor on Sinclair. You got AEW on TNT. You got Raw and uh, NXT on USA. You got Fox SmackDown on Friday nights. And uh, you have now Impact on Axis. So looking forward to talking to him. If you have any questions for Ed Nordholm, hit me up on Twitter at David Penzer. All one word, and I'll try to get those questions in. But last year was a fascinating interview. Uh, Made a little news, and uh, we hope to do so next week as well. So let's go back and ponder what would have happened if WCW could have mixed in young talent with established stars like AEW is doing, if it was possible, if it would have worked, and a lot of insight into the differences of the world and the differences in the time 25 years ago with my guest this week please welcome the booker for the monday night wars for wcw the taskmaster kevin sullivan 
So let me preface this by saying we are taping this on Wednesday, September 16th, before this week's edition of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite airs. Uh, so we will not be referring to anything that might happen on this week's episode, which doesn't really matter because the general consensus, the general question is still the same. And after I watched uh, AEW last week, I just put out on Twitter and, you know, you never know. I put things on Twitter out there hoping to get a reaction and nobody can't hear a peep. As, and I just threw this out there for shits and giggles and it was the most uh it was the most uh, reaction i ever got on twitter and since i've been there i think there was over a thousand likes but i I put just throwing it out there at aew at all elite wrestling makes me wonder what wcw could have been if they mixed in the young talent with the established stars and i wrote that because they have sammy guevara young guy as part of the inner circle he'll team. MJF uh, is a huge, huge player in that company is Cody's quote-unquote best friend until he's not anymore, and that's what everybody's waiting for, when it's going to happen. And then they got uh, Darby Allen, young guy, getting a title shot and getting uh, involved at the end of the show to promote the title shot. I, I didn't think it was that much of a big deal that he got a title shot uh, because you don't expect him to win. But the fact that they got him involved at the end to, you know, uh, to brawl with, uh, with, with the world champion, I thought was interesting. Anyway, I, I say all this. I didn't have an opinion. I didn't have an answer to my question. I just was one. I was watching and it just was a uh, it just was uh, something that I was wondering. So. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities to WCW, but there's a lot of differences, including 20 plus years. So I texted at the time uh, my main man, my go to guy when it comes to all things WCW, especially in that era uh, of the Monday Night Wars, the uh, booker of WCW, Kevin Sullivan, frequent guest of the show, uh, because I value your opinion and you're so honest. And, and, and I asked him, I said, what do you think? And we had a little back and forth and I thought it was interesting. So uh, we were going to do it last week and I couldn't make it work. So we wanted to bring Kevin on this week and um, talk about it. So welcome Kevin Sullivan to City Ringside once again. Sorry for the long winded uh, introduction, but I wanted to explain the, you know, the thought process and, and, and how we got here. So I'm wondering, do you, when you look back 20 plus years later at WCW and think about, uh, you know, commingling talent of established stars, uh, do you, do you, do you, do you, well, let's start off here. First of all, do you like what you're seeing with all elite wrestling so far? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because we talked it's about that on, on, we were, we were texting about that, but, um, but the, 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 you know, obviously the audience doesn't know that. So I uh, wanted to get that out of the way. So you like what they're doing. I do too, actually. I think it's refreshing. Um, and, um, you know, well, time will time will tell where it's going to go. But uh, I think it's refreshing. When you look at it, do you look back twenty years later and say, if if I could have commingled uh, some of the younger guys with some of the established guys, it would have it would maybe would they had they're onto something, or do you think it's just two totally different worlds and two totally different scenarios? Two totally different worlds, and I'll tell you why: social media. That's a great point. I mean, social media wasn't a big deal back then. Uh, there wasn't Twitter back then. Uh, there was a lot of uh, differences. And because of the social media, 
it's easy to get guys over now more than it was back then. And the question is intermingling the younger guys. Uh, it's a great question. The difference they have right now, they're going against NXT. No disrespect to NXT, but isn't it basically a farm system for the WWE? Now, that was what it originally was created for. Uh, I think that it's maybe taken on a life of its own. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I'm not sure, and time will tell, but the difference is we were going head-to-head with a show that had been on for years and was the king of uh, that time slot. Now, you mentioned uh, the young guys intermingling. Well, when we went on the air the first night, we beat him in that quarter hour. And the two guys, do you remember the, what, who, who was in the first match? Uh, Liger and Pillman, if I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. There's Pillman, a young guy, and Justin Liger, who people at that time were really following his career. He was as hot as Muda or anybody else at the time. I believe the second match, Sabu had been on. Second show. Yeah, yeah. So we were giving them the younger guys because they could work. They were bright, new guys. And the other difference was nobody ever thinks this, I don't think. Do you know, when we brought Hogan over and Randy over and Nash and Hall, they, we had just taken all the work that Vince had done with those guys to get them over. They were over when they walked in the door. And we were in such a ratings war, as you know, Dave, you were in the middle of it. There was creative control by one guy. He could ixnay anything he wanted. And if he didn't think a guy was going to draw money with him, the guy was relegated to a mid-guard slot until he proved himself. And it's funny that the guys that were the young guys back then are still in the position of being on top today, and they're the older guys. So things don't change. You know what I mean? Things have a pattern. And I'll give you another example. I remember in 1989 when Jim Hurd tried to run Ric Flair out of the business. It's 30 plus years and he's still drawing money with Hogan. You know, he's still a merchandise machine. And it's funny that we use those guys and nobody ever thought thinks that way. We use the guys that Vince got over. So we had guys walking over instantaneously that were huge stars that drug that been on the main wrestling matches of all times, you know, Hogan, 90,000 people, Randy and Hogan against one another as partners, Nash and Hall in the uh, click. I mean, it was a different time. Now, I'm really impressed that all in 
is using these guys like they are. They got them right into the mix. The only thing, and this is, you know, being a real critic, and you don't have, you know, there's no such thing as knowing exactly what to do. Or we turn to page 40 and understand how to book the thing. Right? Sure, sure. I think the thing is, it's like everybody else, you can fall into a pattern. And if you're putting all the young guys over every week and you're trying to, you know, include everybody because that's what they're doing, including it's an all inclusive. And I tip my hat to them. Uh, you know, you've got to, in my head, maybe take two or three, like, uh, Cody's friendly enemy that we all know is going to turn on them. They're going to, I think they're going to drag that out for a while because it's very interesting. I agree. Uh, they, I agree. They have a, you do. Okay. When, so when, the when I, they teased he was going to hit them uh, and, and join the heel group uh, last week. And when that ha- when when I thought for a second he was going to, I was thinking to myself, way, if you do this, that's way, 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 way too early to give it away. Uh, so I was glad right. when they didn't. And I think that one of the re- things that we both agree on is, there's a great storyline. You thought he was going to hit them. I thought thought the same. Uh, they didn't do it. They are onto something, and the longer they drag it out, the storyline will continue with them and be very, very good. Now, this is no knock, but the guy, other guys, that uh, the young kids that beat the young bucks, private party. Was, yeah, there was no storyline. You know, it was like, well, they won. Yeah. Uh, and I know this just starting, but it would be nice to uh, have seen maybe an interview or a training session with these young guys and saying, hey, we're going to get against the greatest tag team in the world. We we are confident, but hey, guys, let's face it, we're really the underdogs. Ross and Shivani did a great job of selling that, but it would be nice if we got to know them, got to understand them a little. But I think they still did the right thing because it was unpredictable. Then so far, they haven't fallen into any pattern and they're breaking uh, the rules and getting away with it. And I think this is one of the reasons why, David, I think they're doing so well. This is being run by wrestlers. From what I gather, they're letting them do their own promos. Uh, I don't think some of the guys would be getting over as well as they are if their interviews were scripted. No, Uh, 100% I agree with you. Jericho's interviews were always good. I think this is the best work he's doing. Everything right now, they touching turns to gold. And I'll give you the thing about social media. Remember when the belt was lost? Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't gotten the real story on that. I don't know if I ever will. Uh, one of these days, yeah. Jericho's going to do the podcast, so maybe we'll get the real story. Okay. But it was all over social media, and it was branded, you know, their, their company. But back in our day, could you imagine – 
what would have happened if somebody said to somebody in the office, we lost the world title belt and we don't know where it is. I can't they even imagine. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I can't even imagine. They were. They definitely would have hushed it up, correct? Sure. They wouldn't have wanted it out. And then one of the guys would have called Meltzer and told him. And then uh, the company would look like buffoons. But this made the company look cool because of how Jericho is perceived. And rightfully so, is such a cool guy. And he had a great line. Well, I was having the bubbly. I mean, you look at Jericho and you say, this is a guy I'd like to sit down and have a beer with. Sure. You know, he'd be a trip. So, uh, again, different times. Uh, Jericho's doing the best work he's ever done. Cody, I'm really impressed with. Uh, he comes out. He looks like he's, you know, he hit the ring. He looked like he came off a GQ magazine. Yeah. They got, and then they have a guy with his head half shaved, you know, that swallows thumbtacks. So they're really going back to the basics of wrestling, giving everybody an individual character. And if you don't like the sword swallowers, don't worry because the acrobats are coming out next. So, I mean, I, they're really onto something. And I didn't think that they would beat NXT as bad as they did. And I'll be interesting to see how long, and I actually think that they're going to be on a real long roll before they, and maybe they won't ever lose the NXT. And that will put the pressure on, I believe, WWE. Will they have to move or create another show to take the place of NXT with the stars on the main roster? Because perception is reality. And I think in the TV world that if an advertiser goes, which one are we going to put on? Oh, this one is killing the other one. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot at stake here. It isn't just ratings. It's ad revenue. Uh, it's merchandise, which uh, All In does incredible. I mean, the uh, T-shirts that of the group that Jericho's head of, didn't they crash the computers for the T-shirt company? Yeah, not only that, the 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 bubbly thing went viral, uh, which was total, which was a total fluke. Somebody uh, somebody put a video out on Twitter of uh, him that line in a song, and then everybody else and, and their brothers started finding songs to include that line, and the thing went viral. I remember texting Chris, and I was like, "Could you believe that?" And he was like, "This," he's like, "Every time I I I I I'm, I'm think I can't be surprised anymore, I get surprised." And of course, he had a T-shirt uh, by on, on sale by the end of that day. So uh, he may not have he may not have uh, planned that one, but he definitely knows how to take advantage for sure. And um, 
And yeah, so yeah, they broke down for that too. Just uh, an offline on a on a after the after uh, pay per view pro, uh, YouTube promo uh, that uh, happened to go viral. You never know. And you mentioned earlier there was no social media. I don't think there's a lot. There's some people I don't think that understand how different the world was. I was cleaning out a bunch of stuff from my office uh, this past week, and I found my old WCW business cards, and there was no cell phone number. There was an office number, and there was a fax number. Uh, I know cell phones towards the end of WCW uh, started becoming a little bit prevalent, you know, 2000, 2001. But, you know, uh, when we're in the period we're talking about, uh, which is the Monday Night Wars in the beginning of it, at least, uh, there was no cell phones. There was no, uh, you know, there was no social media. There was no Twitter. There was no nothing, you know. Uh, that's why WCW Hotline did made the money it made, because people wanted to, right. they didn't mind paying ninety nine cents to find out what the ratings were uh, on Wednesday instead of waiting till Meltzer came out on Saturday or uh, came to your door or you know if if if, if uh, Tanay or or Gene, God bless them. Uh, you know, had a rumor he was pushing. People were willing to pay that money because they wanted it immediately. And now, you know, I talked about this, uh, uh, the last podcast I did, immediate gratification. And, uh, and that's what people have now. Hey, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, the guy with creative control, we all know who that is, not knocking him in any way. If you could get it, get it. And, um, and, and I was going to ask you, because you said unless he thought you could draw money with him, uh, they were kind of relegated down to start uh, at the not at the bottom necessarily, but not at the top. Um, was that why the giant was different? Because Hogan saw thought he could draw money with uh, with Paul White? Yeah, I think that he saw, you know, everybody forgets this. We booked him as Andre's son. Yeah. Which I thought was a mistake from the very beginning, but they did it because he put over 90,000 people in the Pontiac Silverdome. He saw that kind of thing. Hogan uh, was very attuned that monsters he drew money with. I mean, he drew money with the big boss man, God rest his soul, one of the greatest, if not the greatest big man of all times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he drew money with uh, Chris Canyon. Uh, you know, he was when I said Chris Canyon. You know, I'm I'm talking about uh, a guy that came into the wrestling business, started in Tennessee, went to uh, Dallas. Gary Hart got a hold of him. He went up to New York, shaved his eyebrows. Oh, you're talking about King Kong Bundy, not the Chris Canyon yeah, that we yeah, all know. Yeah, yeah okay. I, was, I was trying to see if you would. I got you. Yeah. And I can remember a line like it was yesterday when he put Hogan in the corner. And do you remember he, he used to have a five count right. rather than a three count? He put Hogan in the corner and gave him three of those running splashes. And I can remember Mean Gene saying, I don't think America will sleep good tonight knowing that this may be the end of Alchemania. I mean, and look at the other guys he wrestled. I mean, they were all, Sid, they were all monsters. He didn't think, and rightfully so, I guess, he was, he had a patent that he drew money with big guys. So I don't think that he saw 
the value of the smaller guys. And you remember, I was the one that changed the junior heavyweight to the cruiserweight, trying to take that junior. Because to me, when I first broke in the business, I thought that was a stigma. You know what I mean? It was like junior heavyweight. So I got the idea of the cruiserweight from Evander Holyfield because a lot of people forget he was the cruiserweight champion before he was the heavyweight champion. Right. And then Michael Spinks, you know, he was a cruiserweight champion when he won the heavyweight belt. That's right. You forget about that. So I was trying, I was trying to put them to get, take that stigma off. But I don't think no matter what we had called it, if he didn't think he could work with you and draw money, he wasn't going to go with a guy that wasn't bigger than him or at least his size or something like that. So it did, it did hurt the guys. And the other thing was I was saying about all in, it's a wrestling company ran by wrestlers. Dave, you know, the story I I put a guy over one time that was making, you know, $156,000. And, uh, the guy that did the job was making about four fifty, and I got called to the North tower and asked why I did it, (laughs) you know, because they were asking me, why would you put a guy over that was, they didn't say that word, but why did this guy beat the other guy when we paid him three times the amount of money? You know, it's like going back to Jim Hurd. You you remember when Hurd wanted to get rid of Bobby Eaton, and I said to him, Bobby's one of the greatest workers of all times. Why would you want to get rid of him? Well, he hasn't won a, won a match in eight, eight weeks. I said, well, he'll win the next eight weeks. Then. <laughs> 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 That's probably the best thing that ever happened to Bobby's career. Today's episode of Sitting Ringside with David Penzer is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Did I say always? Yes, always. Always. And as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I am a huge Tampa Bay Rays baseball fan. It's right there on my little description on Twitter and was lucky enough to have the Rays go to the postseason and my go to place to get insight on the Tampa Bay Rays in the postseason. How are their odds and the teams and the pitchers that they were playing against was going to CBS Sports HQ. Great information, no drama, and great insight from all of their baseball reporters. CBS Sports HQ is coverage always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens. Fantasy advice, which is another great service that I use it for, and something we care about deeply, gambling picks and analysis to get that extra edge. I know when I turn on CBS Sports HQ, I see the tips and trends I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage. Did I say free? Did I say completely free? And I don't mean free for a week or free for a month or if you have some special cable package. It is totally, completely free for everybody. You don't even need a login. I didn't even know that was possible. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or other connected devices at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of 
completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Great baseball insight, great fantasy insight, and great sports insight. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. I didn't even think of this and to ask you this, but since you brought it up and I just had a flashback of a memory, um, the Giant and uh, you mentioned uh, Andre and Hogan draw 90,000 yeah. people in Detroit and uh, the Giant, who was booked as Andre's son, uh, uh, did a deal at Cobo Hall, I believe it was, with Hulk. But they did a silly, and I go back and I think about it, and it was still even it's even sillier now than it was then in hindsight. Monster truck on the top of the roof type thing. How did you get? How did you guys get uh, uh, involved in the whole monster truck thing to where the whole big angle and big uh, thing was not about a wrestling match, but about pushing the other guy's monster truck off of the roof of the building? Do you remember that? Yeah, I sure do. And the thing was, David. That came from the North Tower. You know, they were trying to. Uh, I figured they saw what they saw what Vince had done with crossover uh, talent, like RoboCop. You know, I mean, <laughs> that was horrible. But they were into the movie business, also. You sure. know, at that time, if you remember, Ted himself had just bought the MGM library of all the movies. And there was a big thing, if you remember, he was turning the black and white movies into color movies, and there was a congressional hearing about it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay, so now we have... Kind of makes the congressional <laughs> hearings going on today seem a little... Uh, uh, not. Uh, I'm not even going to go there, but uh, go on. <laughs> so what happened was the North Tower still had control of a lot of things that didn't make sense because they thought wrestling was easy to do because it was prearranged and they used it as a vehicle to get extra income from the people of producing movies to get a guy on the hottest cable show. And we had uh, our own monster truck. We had our own race car. You know, I went to a Daytona uh, 500, and we had a, a race car, the WCW race car. Do you remember that? Yeah, I still have like uh, 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 like T-shirts and uh, motocross uh, 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 merchandise from that. Yeah, we were getting into stuff so far away from the wrestling business. You're trying to squeeze this stuff in to make sense, and it didn't make any sense. I mean. Uh, we had the Insane Clown Posse. We had uh, Jerry Only and the Misfits. We had Kiss. And they're all involved in the wrestling. It wasn't just their singing. They're all uh, invested in our business, which they shouldn't have been. Let me ask and you. It was, Go ahead. And that goes back to, sorry, that goes back to the wrestling business wasn't controlled by the wrestling people. Hey, uh, are you allowed to, would you rather keep it uh, uh, just g generic on the 156 guy versus the 450 guy? Or are you allowed to name names? I, 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 I had to ask. I respect what, it. What? On the, the one guy who made 156, who you put over the I guy. Don't wanna, 
I don't want to get him. I'll tell you. No, no. Don't do, don't do that because then, then I'll get heat. <laughs> okay. I, I, I had okay. to ask you, There's there's been a couple times where somebody teased something on the podcast and I, I, I didn't ask and I always get taken to task. So I just wanted to ask, but I respect the fact if you don't want to do that. But it's an interesting yeah. situation uh, that uh, you would try to do what these guys seem to be doing. Uh, by putting over, a, a, obviously it was a popular guy uh, or somebody who you thought had the potential to be a name uh, that was making less money than the, the 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 name guy, and that they called you to the North Tower to ask you why. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like they understand the business. Is it? Is it? I think it's fascinating to me that what we know now, and you probably knew all along, I learned when we did the the first StarCast and I hosted the panel, the Death of WCW panel, um, I learned a lot uh, that I didn't know from you and from Eric uh, about – the you know the corporate being you know t- totally fighting WCW for the most part at every turn, and especially when Turner got out of power, really the, right. the, the company was whether the radio whether it was doing well, which it wasn't, or whether it was uh, tanking, which it was. Uh, the the company didn't stand a chance because of the corporate structure and the fact that they didn't want wrestling. They were going to do everything they they could do, which they did to get rid of it, including canceling the show, which was still in the top twenty k ratings at the time even though it wasn't doing as well so do you find it a little bit um ironic that all these years later uh tnt is behind an, <laughs> an upstart wrestling company you guys couldn't get anybody behind you except for ted turner for for right. for, 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 for years for for 15 years do you find it a little ironic that 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 uh, as as the world turns all of a sudden tnt the same network is like hugely behind an, an upstart wrestling company I also think it has to do with the ownership. You know, the cons sure. own the Jacksonville Jaguar, the Jaguars. They own a soccer team. They just bought a black network out of Jacksonville. Did you see that about a week ago? No, I did not. But I, I know they have a lot of, uh, of things yeah. that they're into. So I would think one of the reasons why... Uh, that they did this is that Khan, the father and son are owners of an NFL team. And maybe they're trying to get some leverage to get more football games or whatever. But, and I also think that wrestling being hot as it is, television is a monkey see monkey do business. You, you know, we went through a period of, uh, Dave Wolf's uh, NCIS, right? It was all over. How many shows did they have? Dick Wolf, and we yeah. had a period. Law and, yeah, law and order. Period, yeah, then we had a period of Westerns before that. Then we had detectives like Columbo and, you know, Telly Savalas. And I love the Rockford like, Files, man. Great show. Yeah, yeah. But it, once one of them goes on, everything starts to go on. Like, Gangster series like Powder and uh, uh, The Wire and a host of others. They follow one another, especially if one does. How many zombie movies and series are out there? Sure. I mean, and it went from, you know, so I think that they thought there was a lot of uh, variables that went into it. But I think what they thought was, and rightfully so, 
wrestling is hot again. It's a cyclical business and we don't want to be left out. And we know this is going to be a very well produced show. Yeah. That's one of the things that grabbed me the first time I watched them. The production value is incredible and the camera work is good, but the beaming of it into your house, doesn't it look like it's got uh, special cameras or something? It's so, so clear. It's amazing. And then when you flip to NXT, and I understand what they're doing, trying to make it a little rougher, the quality of production, which kind of amazes me because that's Vince's strong suit, wasn't anything up to all his production. Did you think? No, their, their uh, agreement that they have at Full Sail is that uh, it's sort of uh, in, in, in exchange for uh, having the facilities uh, that, that Full Sail, which is a university that specializes in training producers and cameramen and audio for, for television and radio, uh, that they get to you know participate. So uh, you're not using the creme de la creme, so to speak, like they do at Raw or WrestleMania. Uh, you're using students. Uh, who who are uh, as part of the deal? I do know that um, that we had Dave Meltzer on a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that they're trying currently to get out of full sale and and get take it on the road and make it more like a a WWE production product as opposed to you know being in a small venue uh, with uh, not as not up to. Uh, up to par, uh, what you would expect from WWE production. Uh, just getting back real quick to put a uh, to, to put an eye on the uh, dot on the eye as far as uh, uh, TNT getting behind wrestling. I guess it's a lot easier to sell it to yourself and to your uh, to your board. If it's not your company, you know, it was it was they was the company back then was owned by that by them. So it was sort of embarrassing. Uh, we got a uh, we got the Braves and we got CNN and we got uh, a wrestling company, you know, but now they could say, hey, it's not our company, but we have this guy. Uh, Chad Khan, whose son is, owns the company, you know, like you said, owns a soccer uh, team, owns a, a, a major league football franchise, NFL franchise. So it's a little bit easier to sell when it's not your in-house company and you're just you're using somebody else's. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great point. I never thought of that, but that is a great point. I mean, and the other thing is, you have the 64 richest man in the world has a program on your network. Sure. That can't can't hurt. Around. Can't hurt. No, <laughs> it's got to be thrown around Dave, when they go to the meetings. Yeah. And, you know, with the other networks, oh, how's the wrestling show going? Oh, in case you didn't know, you know, the 64th richest man in the world uh, owns that company, you know, and he owns the soccer league. And they, you know, oh, is that who owns it? It gives them prestige. Sure. It really does. Sure. And uh, I think it, it certainly was probably a motivating factor of them taking uh, the company. And I, I, I've heard different figures, but I heard they signed a five-year deal. So uh, That would be pretty know. big, yeah. And, and it's not like yeah. nobody's gone to TNT before and pitched wrestling. You know, it's, it's happened a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, but this is yeah. the first company that they had any interest in. And I'm wondering if it was just a coincidence that it's because uh, the guy is in the top 100 richest uh, people in the world and owns an NFL franchise. But I'd, I'd say not. You know, uh, who you know and what, what you know is, is very important. As I try to teach my kids, as, as, as I, we all know in life, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of times it's who you know, not, uh, you know, who you are. Hey, uh, right. just, just, to, just to circle back and end this and, and look. Look, I, I have nothing against Vince Russo uh, on a personal level. Uh, I, I wish him the best. Um, I, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan as far as booking and, and TV, and I don't think I've tried to hide that. Um, but let's just put uh, 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 finish this, this story up about uh, the younger talent integrating with the um, established talent in WCW. Russo came in, and to his credit – and I hate giving Vince Russo credit, and I'm not even I'm not even going to say I'm just going to this conversation is going to end with him having credit. But to his credit, he did try to 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 do uh, just that to integrate the young talent. Uh, I thought a lot of it was silly, you know, Billy Kidman against Hulk Hogan, Viagra on a pole match. So I guess my question is: is did it not work because the talent wasn't on board, or did it not work because it was shitty booking by Vince Russo? Well, I don't like to knock anybody, but I don't think that, and this is no disrespect to Billy Kidman because I thought he was a very, very talented guy. Right. Uh, You just don't make a guy that was, this was because of Hogan saying something. You know that, right? No, I have no idea. Paul Hogan said something that uh, Billy should be wrestling at a flea market. And it got so much heat with the guy. That's right. That's right. Am I right? That's right. I forgot about that. It got so much heat with the guys. They went to Eric and pounded on it and pounded on it. And didn't Billy actually beat Hogan in one of the matches? Yeah. I wasn't there then. Yeah, okay. yeah. He beat, he beat him. Okay. So, again, no disrespect to Billy. Uh, if Billy had been pushed the way Ray Mysterio was pushed, it size didn't matter for Ray. You know, he'd beat Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Uh, he's beaten just about every major star that's been in WWE while he was there, and he's still doing it. Right. I just don't think you can take a guy that's been on the lower end of the card and put him against arguably the biggest draw of all times. So I don't think that was done right, and I think that actually hurt the company. And I think that a lot of things that, and I'm not not convinced Russo because uh, he got the job and he tried to do the best I think of his ability. But again, he wasn't a wrestling person. Think about this. I mean, Vader and Flair had a match to me. That looked like it was legit. Charlotte, right? The retirement match? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Never forget it. And then the way way Sting would work in that, that. And then you come with Hulk Hogan, who slammed Andre the Giant against Billy Kidman or Viagra in a pole match. And that was a real dig to Hogan to me. And the second thing is... You remember when the young kids buried Flair in the desert? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. 
Russo, and to me, if you're a psychologist or a psychiatrist, it's you're burying to get rid of him. It wasn't to draw money. He was trying to show the young guys, well, we got rid of him. And when they did that, I was sitting at home with Sarah, and I said, they've been trying to get rid of Rick <laughs> since 1989. It was 2000, and he's still going. He's going to Saudi Arabia with I know, it's crazy. It's, you know, yeah. I, we talked with Meltzer about that a couple of weeks ago, how how that was the, the highest-rated segment on that show and how it's so ironic all these years later when people were, you know, Vince was afraid to do, uh, when Flair came in in 89, Vince was afraid to do WrestleMania between him and uh, Flair and Hogan because uh, I guess word has it that he thought that uh, it was too late to do the match. <laughs> and, and, and what yeah. is, was that, 89, so... 30 years, 89, 99. So 30 years later, now they're, they're doing Saudi Arabia with a, 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 a Flair versus Hogan team captain type thing. So uh, yeah. I, it's just ironic, you know, when you do look back and see how many people tried to get rid of Flair and, and he's still he's still out there. God bless him. Hey, real quickly, Kevin, uh, while we still have you, and I appreciate you jumping on uh, and talking about it, it's a fascinating conversation, as it always is with you on on the podcast. And uh, if people are interested in in getting more in-depth about your career and and, and in the booking process in WCW, uh, I urge them to go to the archives uh, of Sitting Ringside to check out uh, your past appearances, even the story uh, you told uh, when you came on to – uh, pay tribute to Harley Race after his passing uh, was one of the fu- funniest stories that I heard about Harley from anybody uh, that time. And everybody was talking about get, telling Harley stories. So we appreciate it. Um, Arn Anderson has a podcast now and uh, the Arn Show. I don't know if you've listened to it. Uh, I, I have. You have? I haven't yet. I know that you and Arn were tight uh, back in the day. Uh, and... I, I, you know, people don't, I don't think people realize this, but I traveled with Arn Anderson probably 65% of the time I was in WCW. Uh, I mean, we, we, we did a lot. We were, we were pretty close. Uh, well, you know, we're right. not, we're not buddy, buddy anymore. You know, it's been 20 years and I give him a hug and he says, how's your family? And we follow each other and, you know, via text. But, but, you know, I was, I knew that Arn was having a hard time because I was with him when, you know, the whole thing went down with him not being able to wrestle anymore, having to retire. Uh, He said that uh, on uh, one of his podcasts, and I could not believe this, and and Arn was pretty damn honest with me about all this stuff about how it was affecting him when we were driving up and down the roads or sitting at a bar. And um, he told the story, and I don't doubt him in, in hindsight, that when he was in the hospital after he had his neck surgery, he was so miserable that he asked his uh, financial guy, I forget his name, I, 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 you probably would know the name if you heard it. Um, he called him to the hospital and he said, uh, I need you to do two things for me. I need you to, one, make sure that my family's finances are in order. And number two, I'm going to tell you where my shotgun is. I need you to bring it back to me so I can put myself out of my misery. Did you know that he was in that much uh, hurt, hurt, state of hurt? Because I had no idea, and I was riding with the guy at the time. I had no idea. That blows me away. Yeah, me too. a real strong individual. But, you know, pain is a hard – physical pain and mental pain 
are two different pains, and they're both horrible. Yeah. And I sometimes think that mental pain is a lot worse than physical pain. And I was going through both of them. And at that period, I was starting to break out as a single, too. And uh, you remember that he actually worked with Flair? Yeah, yeah. At the end. Well, uh, yeah. You, I mean, against one another. You yeah, 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 that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like a full-fledged turn on either side. It was just, well, it was. Uh, oh. if I remember correctly, it was sort of like a misunderstanding, and, you know, they decided to have a few matches, and actually they were damn good, if I remember correctly, and I wouldn't expect them not to be. They were very good. I don't think Arms ever had a bad match. No. Pro- the only one probably was with me, but uh, <laughs> uh, he... <laughs> He was breaking out, and the way they did it was they had that misunderstanding. And this is, again, storylines like I'm talking that I think that Allin is doing so well was they had the misunderstandings, and then Arn finally said to him, I've always wanted to know if I could beat you. And it was a great line, and he was going to break out, and then this career-ending injury comes uh, wow. I mean, I didn't know that he thought about that. Yeah, I didn't either. We've but, we've talked about mental illness on this on this podcast because I've you know battled anxiety pretty much my whole life, and we've talked with different talent who have uh, brave enough to come on and talked about it in the wrestling business that have battled uh, anxiety and panic attacks and depression. And and you know I I've never felt a lot of physical pain. I'm not a uh, you know I'm a uh, an athletic guy. Uh, who's but um, I can tell you that. Uh, as somebody who's gone through times in my life where the mental anguish is pretty bad, uh, I can't imagine physical pain being much worse. I'm not saying it's it is or not because I've never been there. But uh, all that said, though, I was just really surprised uh, as somebody who uh, knew Arn pretty well back then to hear that he was at that point and. Um, and and I I thought since you were pretty tight with them at the time as well I'd ask you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, next time I have I blow up Twitter and uh, and it's about uh, uh, Nitro uh, comparing Nitro to the Wednesday Night Wars. I hope that uh, that you'll jump on again. And um, anything that you're doing that you wanna that you wanna promote? Uh, well, I'm working uh, some. Uh I go to uh, World Class Revolution. The guy's been in business 12 years. He has, uh, you know, some great young talent. He also has uh, Animal there. And uh, I'm going to, on the second and third, I'm going to Oklahoma Mania. It's a big uh, convention. And you're not going to believe this. Jose Canseco has been signed by these guys. To become a wrestler. No way. Doesn't, yeah, su- doesn't really it, surprise me, actually, now uh, when I process it. But that's cool. And David, he's about 305 and shredded. I bet. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, uh, this is a big deal, this Oklahoma mania. Jim Ross used to help out Jerry. Uh, so I'm really interested into seeing what. Uh, how a great athlete, you know, you're a baseball fan. He's the first 40, 40 guy. Yeah. He was one of the fastest guys I've ever seen for that size, including football players. 
I, I'm going to be interested to see that his transition to, into wrestling because he's starting late. Uh, one of the few guys that's ever started late that really succeeded in wrestling was Diamond Dallas Page. Yes, sir. The hottest working man in show business. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I'll be there the second or third of November. Cool. Maybe uh, maybe we could get uh, you and Jose on to uh, talk about his progress as uh, as as things yeah. as things move forward. But uh, hey, Kevin, thank you so much. Enjoy the. Uh, is it cold there yet? We're uh, up in the mountains. No, no. We're, I'm on the I'm on the uh, I'm on the beach, so we don't get cold. I mean, yesterday was sixty seven. Today it's going to be about sixty five. At night it gets cool because of the water, uh, but we we'll, we only have snow one time in the last five years and it was about an inch. So wow. we don't get extremely cold, and the summers are incredible. From Key West to the Pacific Northwest, I never understood no. it, but God bless you're enjoying it, and that's all I, that matters. Well, I was going back and forth. <laughs> when I sold the gym, I was going back and forth 10 days here, 20 days in the Keys. And after I sold the gym, I said, uh, i got to make a decision. So, All right. Well, I appreciate it. And once again, thank you for your insight as always. It's always fascinating, Kevin. Thanks. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you probably know by listening to this podcast, wrestling is a family and family helps family uh you don't have to be best buddies uh but somebody who uh, you travel the road with and you get to know in the locker rooms or comes on your podcast when you just first started uh only six months in uh you definitely want to support them when they are down i want to welcome uh we wanted to have her on but we finally got all the ducks in order odb uh, welcome to City Ringside, and I uh, just want to bring attention to your situation for those who haven't already. I, I know Mick Foley earlier this week uh, posted a video, so probably everybody already knows, but we thought we'd have you on anyway uh, and, and, and try our darndest to get uh, to get uh, support from our listeners. Um, so welcome. Uh, I guess uh, you'd, uh, you'd probably be uh, doing a... Uh, Doing a uh, uh, food event right now, huh? Yeah, what's going on? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it after all this. this no, no worries. Mess I've been having. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So, ironic, yeah. ironically, um, when I when I, I you know I'm sort of an I, I like to be I like to call myself sometimes I think think of myself as sort of an entrepreneur a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 I was pretty amazed when I uh, and I also. Uh, really uh, think it's cool when somebody takes what what you know you were a wrestler and, and you know you're known for your yeah. gimmick and when somebody takes what life has given them and you know got to live your dream and then takes that to the next level for life after wrestling and so I, when when I saw your food truck at Starcast to cut not this past year but uh, the year before that uh, mm-hmm. I was very happy to see that. Uh, you pretty much had a nonstop line. I, I can't speak for this year's Starcast, but that first Starcast, how many hours did you work? Oh lordy, I was up pretty much. Maybe I got maybe two, three hours of sleep. But then again, it wasn't good sleep because I'm thinking about my pork all night. <laughs> you know, like it's gonna cook and stuff. But that was a nonstop. I was open basically from eleven until about midnight or two in the morning. Till I literally ran out of food and then just. But I did that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then 
this year I actually brought, I had help. So that helped out. So I had uh, two people that were working my food truck the whole time with me. Because last time it was basically just me and then I had some wrestlers pop in and out. Yeah. But, yeah. So my uh, point, my point, and it's, sometimes it takes me longer than I'd like to get to it, uh, this being one of them. <laughs> but my point is great venture, great food. Uh, I was really happy to see uh, see that you'd come up with something that you enjoy and were able to uh, to start a venture. And unfortunately, after this last StarCast, um, you had a little, uh, ran into a little trouble, uh, which would be an understatement. So for those people who, who might not know, just uh, very briefly, uh, let us know what happened. Yeah, so I came home from Starcast, you know, drove from Chicago back to Minneapolis, and then took a few days off to recoup, and then was back at it again. You know, I had the smoker running and prepping all the food for the weekend, and I was sleeping and got a nice little phone call, and I'm like, oh boy, another drunk text from someone or something <laughs> <laughs> for a picture or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but then someone was like, your food truck's on fire. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Uh, and uh, thank God, your heart, your heart has to drop. Your heart has to drop at that point. Oh my point. God! I was like, "Am I reading this right?" Oh, and they geez. called. They're like, "No, your food truck's on fire. Get here now!" And I parked it at my buddy's bar. So was, I'm literally all, not even five minutes from it. So as I was driving, I I literally I beat the um, firefighters there, but the cops were all there, and just like I sat and I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, I, I mean, you couldn't. There was nothing to be saved. You couldn't even say, yeah, I couldn't even save. Actually, I did save one bottle of hot sauce. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, and they have still no idea what caused it. Um, they really haven't investigated it. They haven't looked into it since that night, which kind of upsets me a little bit because I would really like to know how it happened. We did watch, I have, uh, there's security cameras all around, so we were watching that, and we couldn't see, you know, funny business going on. And But all you see is, uh, you know, my exhaust fan, smoke coming out of there more than normal because I was cooking through the night. And then all of a sudden you see just a big flash of light in the back where my three big windows are. And then within seconds, just freaking the windows blew off. And it took them like a good, um, about an hour just to put out the fire. It was, uh, yeah, the I, pictures I, were not... Um, that's good. Unfortunately, I have uh, I have a little bit of experience with this. This uh, past New Year's Eve, I was at a party in the neighborhood, and um, we smelled mm-hmm. smoke, and uh, we went down the block from where we were, and one of the houses were full, fully engulfed on fire. Oh. And we, it turns out, we actually yeah. knew the people. I wouldn't say we're friendly with them, but you know, you you know, yeah. you, you get to know people Just through uh, uh, you know uh, local activities in the community, football and cheerleading yeah. and stuff like that. So, uh, and and I just sat there and talked to them, tried to talk to them as they watched their house burn down. And, you know, I'm not trying to compare it to an entire house with a food truck, but it's just, uh, you can't, you, you can't. It's just a feeling of despair. Like, you know, uh, you have to start over yeah. again in your endeavor. And, and starting over again isn't always that easy, especially when you work so hard no. to, uh, to, to to build up what you had. So I took an immediate yeah. I took an immediate interest to your story. And I know you were selling T-shirts on your website. So I reached out to you and wanted to see if you wanted to come on and plug that. And you mentioned that you were uh, that Diamond Dallas Page, of course. What a... Uh, uh, Mr. Reliable and God bless him reached out to you and was going to help you put something together. And so what I think is really cool and, and I'm not, 
I'm not saying anything negative about people who do GoFundMe because, uh, you know, every circumstance is different and some people need yeah. the GoFundMe. But I thought it was really classy and I wouldn't expect anything less from one dirty bitch uh, that uh, <laughs> that that you're doing an Indiegogo account. So everybody, if they choose to donate to get you cooking again, uh, mm-hmm. receive something, an autographed photo, yeah. an autographed barbecue sauce, all, all the way to, uh, you know, dinner with you and and some of yeah. your wrestling memorabilia uh, and some of your biggest moments on Impact Wrestling. So uh, I think that's really cool and classy. I wouldn't have expected anything else. So Thanks. we just want to spread the word as best we can. I can't do it as yeah. as, 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 as good as Mick Foley did it uh, a couple days ago, but I uh, want to do our little part and, um, and spread the word. So where could people go? Is there a specific link or they just go to Indiegogo and um, put in ODB? Yeah, go, um, go follow me on the social media at uh, the ODB Bam. That's my Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram account. And uh, my link is right there on my uh, my bio, so you can't miss it. Yeah, the Indiegogo, and like you're saying too, it's like with the GoFundMe thing. I was like, uh, I am not doing this. And then DD, I flew down to DDP's um, performance center, and he sat me down. He's like, No, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, Oh shit, I like this. I like it because I'm giving back and. I mean, it's like, you know, people want to help. And this new food truck will be called ODB's Meet and Greet 2. <laughs> but it'll be all about the fans and all the wrestlers, my top supporters that, uh, I mean, obviously DDP and Mick Foley are angels. Like, yeah. for us, so I knew me and Mick have been friends ever since the day, you know, we laid eyes on each other. <laughs> We've always just had a special bond. And for him to reach out like that for me, and it's, uh, that was pretty damn cool. Actually, I just saw it randomly on Twitter the other night. I was like, what? And then he sent me a message because he wanted to do something special, but I didn't know what he was doing. So then we also, we all, me and him also have another special thing. We'll announce it soon, but me and him are going to be doing something pretty special together. So that'll be also fun for the fans. So yeah, I got some pretty, uh, Pretty good people in my life in the wrestling business. Like one big, happy, dysfunctional family, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, you know, back in the old days, it was such a closed business that it was just a, the family was the family. But now that it's, yeah. a, it's a different world we live in, now the fans could be part of the family. And they get to help build, yep. rebuild your, your food truck and yeah. have a little stake in it and get an autograph 8 by 10 or a bottle of barbecue, great barbecue sauce, by the way, uh, or, well, or, or something even better than that so uh hey yeah. wish you wish you the best uh want to encourage well, uh everybody to go and pick up uh something from uh, odb she will give back and uh and we're gonna get you cooking again kid and uh yeah, can't, let's do this. can't wait to get you back on your feet and how, how long do you are you thinking it's gonna take realistically well my plans were in two weeks to go to florida with it back to daytona beach where i started right Unfortunately, I, I won't be doing that. It takes a while to rebuild, and you're looking at at least three months for uh, wow. someone to help me with it. And so, obviously, Minnesota, wintertime, that's not going to work. But right. I'm hoping if the weather does good, February, March, I'll be back. All right. We'll, we'll be running looking. back in Minneapolis. We'll be looking forward to it, and uh, yeah. best of, best of luck to you. You're a classy person, and um, and uh, uh, I, I like what you're doing, giving back. And um, I urge everybody who's uh, listens to this podcast to uh, check it out and uh, help you rebuild. As will I.
Oh, thank you, guys. I love it. <laughs> All right, ODB, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she is down, but she is not out. Making a, You're hulking up, and uh, I love it. So uh, You're hulking up. <laughs> be, be, best of luck to you, and we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch, Jessica. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Take care. I want to thank ODB for hopping on. We want to get her cooking again as fast as possible, so be sure to support her. Uh, you can go to Indiegogo.com and uh, put in Get ODB Cooking Again in the search engine, and it'll come right up. And uh, as we talked about, it's very cool that uh, it's not just a GoFundMe account. You actually, uh, depending on how much you'd like to uh, help her out, you actually get something in return, which I think is super classy, and I wouldn't expect anything less, as I mentioned before. I also want to thank Kevin Sullivan for what I think is a fascinating conversation. It's hard comparing uh, something that happened in 1995 to something that happened in 2019. The world has changed so much, but it is something that's on people's minds. It was something that was on my mind, and like I said, got a lot of interest on social media, so I thought it would be fun to have a discussion about that and uh, a little bit more about uh, WC back in the day compared to what he calls all in but is obviously uh all elite wrestling and um looking forward as always to following the wednesday night war looking forward to seeing what happens with smackdown on fox because there's going to be uh, i believe a lot of breaking news that doesn't have to do with the wrestling side of it coming out of that story uh over time so uh I wish Eric Bischoff the best back in Wyoming and hope to talk to Ed Nordholm and get the State of Impact next week as we count down to Impact debuting on Access TV at the end of the month. And until next time, my name is David Penzer, still City ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 